we're now doing News Plus Sports. There's no orange man in bad or good uniparty mantra here. Red Pill Plus. Red Pill Plus. Sports Plus News. Done right. All right, all right. I hope you're doing well tonight, and uh, thankful that you joined us here at Red Pill Plus. Uh, there's no orange man bad. War is good. Uniparty mantra here. It's uh, it's all America first, and uh, we're doing sports uh, and news now. Sports and news done right right here at Red Pill Plus. Good to have all you pill heads with us, and uh, don't forget to check out our store. Go to uh, bonfire.com slash redpillplus. Check out all the t-shirts we have. Um, a lot going on. Have some more stuff we're going to be uh, adding to the store here before long. Also, uh, we have a new sponsor, Sign Easy. If you're doing e-docs and you need contracts, you're a small business, you need e-docs to send to people, Sign Easy. Uh, go to X at, at GetSignEasy. Uh, go to signeasy.com, check them out. Uh, of course, you can find them on the App Store. Also brought to you by Ridge.com, uh, great maker of watches, wallets, and more. Uh, also, MyPillow.com, don't forget to use that promo code RED. And then last but certainly not least is RedRiverAuto.com. Buy a car from RedRiverAuto.com. Don't buy it from Carvana or one of these other Vroom or one of these big companies that we you don't know where they stand politically. Uh, go to RedRiverAuto.com. Great patriots, great conservatives, America First conservatives. And... Uh, Appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for everybody from Brazil, England, France, um, uh, New Zealand, and, of course, uh, the United States of America. Uh, continue to remember uh, the nation of Israel in this onslaught of uh, terror against them. And, of course, they're fighting back and making headway. Tonight, uh, have a special show for you. What we're going to be talking about is uh, the reason the left hates Israel. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that, the reason the left hates Israel. And then uh, I'm going to be making a case for why Arkansas should not get rid of Sam Pittman. Did a little deep dive uh, about the uh the record of Sam Pittman versus the last, uh, I think, 11 or 12 uh, coaches uh, over the last 40 years. Uh, and I think you may find it surprising. So let's start out with uh, why the left hates Israel. I saw a great uh, piece, I read a great piece by uh, Victor Davis Hanson, and uh, he was talking about this, and I just began to think about it. And kind of after reading that article, so I want to give a shout-out to Victor uh, Davis Hanson uh, and several other articles that I read and then formulated kind of my own thoughts on this. Uh, but if you'll think about it, and how depressing it must be to be a, a, a liberal, because, uh, and when I say liberal, I'm talking about the new liberal, uh, n not the you know, the JFK liberals of days gone by. Uh, those are moderate Republicans now. No, no, I'm talking about the leftists. I'm talking about Omar. I'm talking about uh, Tlaib. I'm talking about 
you know, uh, Schiff. I'm talking about uh, Ching Chang. Um, uh, what's his name? Swalwell. Um, and so, you know, that's the uh, Fang. Fang Swalwell. Yeah, that was his girlfriend's name, the Chinese spy. Um, and so, I'm talking about that left, the, the left that hates America. But not only do they hate America, they hate uh, Israel with a passion. Um, and and look at the difference between, and I want to start there, look at the difference between a liberal and a conservative. A conservative is for ind- individual freedom, individual uh, aspiration, uh, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, becoming something, making something out of yourself. It's all about the individual, right? Well, then the left is all about groups, group identity, uh, you know, fracturing into groups. And it's first it was uh, blacks, then it was um, Hispanics, and uh, then it was uh, homosexuals, and then it was transgenders. Uh, next, it'll be pedophiles, I guess. But it's all about the groups and how those groups are disadvantaged. Those groups are, uh, you know, are, are put down and cast down, and they they don't have a chance. So what the left does is say, well, you know, we're fighting for this group, and uh, and we're more noble and we're more. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're better people because we fight for this disadvantaged group that nobody uh, will give a fighting chance. And everybody hates it, but we love them. And uh, vote for us. We won't ever do anything for you, but we'll, we'll talk about how much we love you. And, and uh, you can, you know, your Black Lives Matter, and you can burn down city after city, and we'll, we'll ignore that. Um, and so it's, it's really insanity at its roots is what it is. Uh, and part of that group identity is the constant, uh, I, I, as I said, identity politics, but also the uh, belief that any uh, advancement being made uh, by uh, an individual, uh, or, or let's just call it success, any success uh, has to come at the hands of somebody else. If you see corporations do well uh, they'll say oh the reason they're doing well is because you know they're exploiting uh, people that uh, are poor and they'll do that with like corporate America but they won't do that with the government of the CCP with the government of China who are using the Uyghurs for their uh, slave labor uh, they'll do that to uh, a company here uh, a mypillow.com, but they they won't do that uh, to Nike, who's using slave labor. Mike Lindell's paying people a livable wage and treating them really well. Uh, the the Chinese are using uh, Christians that they have in prison as as labor, uh, as forced labor in forced labor camps. Uh, you know, and Nike's by is having them make their shoes and. There's there's nothing said about that. So let's examine uh, specifically Israel. If you'll notice, the entire left always, every time there's a conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians, it's always the Israelis' fault. In fact, last night I was talking about how they literally, 
uh, it was the Black Lives Matter sent out a statement literally saying uh, that we should feel sorry for the Palestinians uh, because the reason that they attacked the Israelis, they attacked a, a music festival and killed 250 people, shot 250 and raped their, the, the women and, and shot uh, 250 people at a music festival was in self-defense. Uh, and the reason they pulled people out of their homes and shot babies and children in the head and in the face in front of their parents in their their parents' arms, then kill the parents, or kill the parents in front of the kids, then kill the parents, uh, was all out of self-defense, not out of barbarism, not out of, you know, such a hate that has turned into insanity. Um, And so why this, uh, why this just literal hate uh, for the Jews, you would think the Jews probably the most uh, most oppressed people in the history of nations. Uh, the only nation that, as an entire nation, has been uh, attempted to be totally exterminated. Uh, a nation that was imprisoned. A nation that, uh, for four hundred years, didn't have uh, their own uh, homeland and finally became a nation in 1942, I believe it was. Uh, and you would think, you know, man, these oppressed uh, people that were scattered all over the world and that they came back in the 40s after, uh, what, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years of being spread out all over the world and 400 years of ceasing at one time, several different times, but at least one time over 400 years. The only nation in the world that ceased to be a nation uh, then was reconstituted as a nation as the same nation. Still the only nation in the world ever to do that. So you would think uh, that Man, that that would be like the poster child for the left, right? The downtrodden, the down and out, the people everybody's against. Uh, but here's why they're not: is because Israel is surrounded by a billion Arabs, a billion people who hate them, a billion Muslims who want them dead. Uh, it's it's it goes back to the story of Ishmael and Isaac. Uh, they were fighting as as young boys, and the Bible said they would fight until the end of time and Ishmael is the is the Arabs uh, and uh, the Israelis is is Jacob and 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 so that is uh, the the age-old story so but here's the reason that the the left cannot tolerate Israel because it kills their narrative see they say if you're not given a chance they say if uh, everybody's against you. Uh, they say if you don't have all the advantages uh, and you don't, you know, everything didn't go your way, then there's no way to be, uh, you know, no way to be successful. And they use uh, the black community as a whole. Now, they won't pick out black individuals who've been very, uh, you know, very successful. They won't even pick out. Uh, someone like Barack Obama who ascends to President of the United States, they, they won't pick out the individuals. They'll always use the group. Well, they can't use Israel as a group because here's a tiny nation that's smaller or about the size or smaller than the landmass of Louisiana that's a nation and has become one of the most powerful nations, one of the most prosperous nations, one of the tech innovators and leaders of tech innovation in the world and uh, they have 
But there's many, many Jews, not every Jew, not most Jews, but a lot, a lot of Jews, a disproportionate amount uh, are very successful, very wealthy, uh, and have done very, very well despite all the lack of advantages. And so what that does, that destroys the narrative that uh, a group that does not have privilege, a group that does not start out with uh, advantage, a group that is uh, n- doesn't have all the advantages in life, there's no way that they can ascend. But the Israelis have done that. And so that destroys the narrative. And, and they cannot... Uh, and, and so they, they have to choose one of the oppressed over the other one. The Palestinians, oh, they're the really oppressed. Although the Israelis have offered them five times in the last 60 years, five times they've offered them statehood. As I mentioned last night, the, the Palestinians are never going to accept statehood uh, because of their leadership. If they accept statehood, their leadership doesn't get uh, all the money from all the bleeding hearts that are given to them. Uh, and so uh, it, it's the end of their campaign, as it were. So the, the, the leadership of the Palestinians are not going to do that. Uh, there's so much hate, so much animosity. And so uh, that, my friend, is, I believe, why the left cannot and will not uh, accept Israel as a legitimate nation. Uh, but with that being said, I think you're seeing the tide turning with a lot of individuals. Uh, Jake Tapper was on tonight on CNN talking about, hey, you say what you want to about how oppressed the Palestinians have been, but uh, man, this shooting people in the face and that hang gliding in and killing people at a music festival, that's that's barbaric and that is terrorism. And he, he said it right there. And so wh- anytime you've got people saying that kind of stuff on a, a liberal network, it tells me that the tide must be turning. And, and I think, uh, and here's another thing, we're in an age where people are seeing the the... Uh, barbaric acts in real time. Plus, uh, it's not as easy to just give people little shots because people are shooting stuff now on their cell phones. So it's not just the news cutting it up and letting you see what you want to see. Now people are actually able to see what's really going on. And I think that is what's turning uh, the tide. You know, it's that old antiseptic, uh, world's best antiseptic uh, sunlight. And I think that's what's exactly happening. So hoping that uh, we continue to pray for Israel and we continue to pray that they continue to have success and push back uh, the people that would have them dead. Listen, uh, does Israel try to keep the Palestinians under the thumb? Absolutely. I think they do that so they won't be murdered in their bed at night asleep. But the the difference in, in them wanting to keep the Palestinians at bay, I'm talking about in peacetime, versus the Palestinians and the Iranians in almost every Muslim country around it surrounded it that surrounds Israel is their stated, publicly stated goal to exterminate and destroy Israel. Uh, they make no bones about it. So that in and of itself should be pretty evident uh, of 
what side human decency should fall on. So continue to pray for uh, Israel uh, during this time. I want to change gears here because we are sports and news done right. And I want to delve into something that's more local here. I'm not a Arkansas fan. I, I love the state of Arkansas. Uh, I pull for Arkansas when they don't play LSU. Uh, but I'm I'm a diehard LSU fan because I grew up there, and that's all I've ever known. It's just like I like Texas. I lived in Texas 16 years. My boys are huge Longhorn fans, but um, I'm, I'm not a huge Longhorn fan. I pull for them because of my sons, it's just like they pull for LSU uh, because I'm their dad. Uh, but Arkansas living here, everybody, it means so much to the state. And I've heard all this talk about Sam Pittman. Man, we got to get rid of Sam Pittman. He's he's winless in the SEC, going into Alabama to play Alabama, and they've not played uh, particularly well. Although they've been pretty close in several games. In fact, I mentioned this last night uh, that uh, they, uh, I think they've lost out of out of night under Sam Pittman's tenure in four years. They have lost. Uh, out of out of what twenty three games they've lost nineteen of those games, uh, yeah I think yes twenty three games they've played under Sam Pittman where they lost by one score, uh, and they uh, it was a one score game and they lost nineteen out of twenty three of those games so they've only won four of them, and then under uh, Bielema, uh they lost uh, I think it was like. Uh, out of 21 games, uh, they lost like 17 out of 21. So they've had a lot of opportunities to win. Last year, they should have beat LSU. They outplayed them. This year, they really outplayed LSU and should have beat them. Uh, and it's just like the ball doesn't quite bounce right for them in the close games. Um, and I think a lot of that is mentality. I, I think, you know, when you win a lot of close games, you win close games. When you don't, you don't. But I want to take a deep dive. Uh, first, I want to just take a quick uh, commercial break. But I want to take a deep dive into the last 40 years of coaching of Arkansas. And I want to make the case why Arkansas absolutely, positively should not fire Sam Pittman. I'm not saying that they are thinking about it, but I know the pressure is mounting for this to happen, and I think it's the wrong thing to do. Before I get into the numbers, I, I want to tell you this. I, there's a few reasons why, and I'm going to give you more uh, you know, metrics, but I want to give you some, I guess, more empirical uh, reasons or, or more just kind of observations why I think one is Sam Pittman is beloved in Arkansas. He's just a guy that people here love. He's he's a great ambassador for the university. And I know that doesn't win ball games, uh, but he's a great ambassador to the school. Just a super likable guy. Everybody likes Sam Pittman. His players love him. Uh, the fans love him. You know they don't love not winning, uh, but they love him. Uh, he's a great recruiter. He's a very, very uh, good recruiter, um, and uh, I don't think you're ever going to have scandal. Uh, you're not going to have him riding around on a motorcycle with, you know, one of the babes from one of the, you know, that works in his office. It's just, you know, that's just not who he is. Um, and so there's a lot, a lot of positives. But I want to get into the metrics. Now, I can see on the other side, I can see uh, a 385, I believe, win per winning percentage in the SEC. Uh, I can see, you know, losing all these close games. Um, 
yeah, I can see that. But what I also would like for Arkansas fans to to understand and to not understand they they're they're very intelligent and wise, sharp uh, fans. Uh, but to think about, I guess, and that is one. You know, you can replace somebody, and I've I've learned this in hiring firing people. Uh, is you you can replace somebody one when you replace them. You, there are things about them more than one thing usually that you're going to miss about them. You don't think you will, but you will. Okay. The second thing is there's always the chance it could be worse. And if you don't think it could be worse, just think about Chad Morris. You know, if you, if you don't think it can be worse, because it certainly positively can. Uh, and so as I dug into these metrics, I was pretty fascinated. And what I want to do, I want to go back, clear back to Frank Broyles. And that's way back. That's from 1958 to 1978, coach in the history of, um, of, of Arkansas football. And he was there from 1968 to 1978. He had a 708 winning percentage, so he had a over, just over 700 uh, winning percentage. Uh, also in the uh, in in conference play, which most of that was a lot of that was in the Southwestern Conference. Uh, he also had a, a 708 uh, winning percentage in the conference, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, so uh, that was 1958 to 1978. Uh, so then fast forward to 1977. I'm sorry, 1958, 1976. 1977 to 1983 was Lou Holtz. Now Lou Holtz had a 735 winning percentage. So actually Lou Holtz had a higher winning percentage overall than Frank Bowles. Now, Frank Bowles was over 20 years. Lou Holtz was only, what, six years tenure. Uh, Lou Holtz had a 670 winning percentage in the, uh, again, Southwestern Conference at that time. Then a lot of Arkansas fans won't realize, I mean, they realize he was a good coach, maybe don't realize how good a coach he was. But Ken Hatfield uh, took over after Lou Holtz left in 1983 from 1984 to 1989. Lou Holtz, I'm sorry, uh, Ken Hatfield had a 760 winning percentage, uh, and then he was 783 in the Southwestern Conference. So Ken Hatfield had both an overall better record than Lou Holtz or Frank Broyles, and had a better uh, a better winning percentage in the Southwestern Conference in conference play than either. Lou Holtz or Frank Broyles. If you remember Ken Hatfield, and I looked all this up, or I wouldn't have known it, left uh, to take over Clemson and actually did pretty well at Clemson after uh, Danny Ford got that program in trouble. Then Jack Crow took over in 1990 uh, through 1992. He only had a 375 winning percentage, both in conference and in overall play. I'm not going to... Uh, Joe Kynes was just a one-year interim, so I'm not going to cover him. Then let's go to Danny Ford. Danny Ford was from 1993 to 1997. Jack Crow was 1990-1992, just two years. And Danny Ford only had a 465 overall record, a winning percentage, 413 even lower in the Southwestern Conference. Uh, that only lasted four years. He was pretty abrasive, had some 
problems. Then came Houston Nutt in 1998 through 2007. So he was there, what, nine years? He was 6'10 winning percentage uh, overall. It was only 525 in the in the Southwestern Conference, then the SEC uh, at that time. Reggie Herring uh, was an interim coach between Houston Nutt uh, and then Bobby Petrino took over in 2008, uh, 2011. Uh, he had a 667 winner percentage, so it was higher, uh, and but he was only 531 uh, in the SEC. So he had a 667, had a couple of really good years, uh, and uh, one in particular that I think they were 11 and 1, uh, six, uh, six, six, uh, 667 overall, uh, 531 in the SEC. Then John L. Smith, then he had a debacle with the uh, the, the lady worked for him and the adultery or affair or whatever. Uh, then John L. Smith was there, which was the horrible year in 2012, where they thought that was the worst it could get. Then Brett Bielema came in from 2013 to uh, 2017, uh, and he was uh, had a winning percentage of 468 uh, for those four years, was only 275 in the conference. So Brett Bielema was 468 overall, 275 uh, in the conference. Paul Rhodes uh, was interim coach before Chad Morris. Then Chad Morris was only there two years, 2017 to 2019. Uh, he had a 182 overall record and was winless in the SEC. Had not, did not win in two years, did not win an SEC game. Uh, Barry Looney Jr. took over after Chad Morris in 2019. Then in 2020, uh, through 2023, uh, uh, so three years, uh, Sam Pittman has been at the helm. 528 is the uh, overall, 385, which is not good, uh, is the SEC, so 528. Now, here's the fascinating part about this. Uh, in the last 11 coaches, the overall winning percentage of, of the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks is only like 630. So 630 is the, is the average of all the coaches. Frank Bulls, uh, uh, Bobby Petrino, Ken Hatfield, uh, Houston Nutt, Lou Holtz, uh, and then you throw in the, the terrible ones, Chad Morris and Bielema, uh, and then add Sam Pittman in there. All of them combined over the last 40 years or so uh, is uh, about 615, 620, I think, something like that. Well, Sam Pittman's not far off of the average. He's at 528 uh, overall. He is only below. Uh, he's only below Lou Holtz, Ken Hatfield, um, Houston, and Houston Nutt. Oh, and Bobby Petrino. So he's 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 sixth and barely behind Houston Nutt. So here's the thing. One, could he be better? Absolutely. Could he be worse? Absolutely. What you find is Sam Pittman is about where the program has been over the last 40 years. So he's he's about par for where the program has been. A little below, but, but very close. Close enough to keep him, I'll put it that way. Now, here's why I think uh, they should keep him. Uh, is one, there's about, I heard Lou Holt say this, there's about 15 players a year that are really top-notch 
players that come out of State of Arkansas, tiny state, only three million people, uh, and there's a, there's a, you know Little Rock, Springdale, uh, and then you have over in the Delta, Helena, West Helena, Arkadelphia, uh, and I'm going to miss some places. Warren, you know, down in Southern Arkansas. Texarkana, there's some there's some good players in spots, and then you get out into Green Greenwood and Fort Smith. There, there there's good players all over the state. I shouldn't start naming them, but there's selected areas, and it's about 15 really good Division One college players that come out of uh, Arkansas. Every time you change, I think. For two or three, four years, that number goes drastically down. I think if you keep if you keep Sam Pittman and you uh, build a fence around Arkansas and you keep those fifteen players, and then you go get another ten or fifteen players uh, from uh, around the nation, I think in time you can build this program to be. Uh, I think you can build it back to a. 650 700 program which is the top it's ever been seven what i say 730 uh ken hatfield uh 760 the 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 greatest it's ever been and i think you can have a perennial 680 to 730 uh or at least 650 to 700 program you have some years that'll be 720 some years it'll be 620 but I think you can have a 650 675 uh, program uh, overall and hit 700 750 and compete every fourth or fifth year for a SEC championship and I think given everything and and look Sam Pittman's what 58 years old something like that he's not the picture of you know, longevity as far as health. Uh, he's a big guy, you know, but uh, but but I think he's got a good three to five years left in him. I think you really stabilize the program. And here's where I think you could really stabilize and really help Sam Pittman is I believe one of the worst mistakes Sam Pittman made was bringing in Dan Enos. Uh, Enos is just, he's, he's not been good. He wasn't good the first time he was here. Uh, is okay, but uh, then not great. In fact, terrible at Georgia. Uh, and so, I, I, you know, I, I think if Sam Pittman had some help, if he gets the right coordinators, and if you keep him here, uh, I think he will get the right coordinators. And so here's the only thing worse than having a, a three-year average of 528. Is going back to uh, a 182 with Chad Morris, or going back to a uh, you know 350 with Joe Kynes, or going back to a 375 with Jack Crow, or 485 winning percentage with Danny Ford, who was a hot you know was a hot number back in the day, a hot prospect as far as a coaching prospect. So I think. Sam Pittman checks all the boxes for likability, for a great recruiter. I think if uh, the leadership, the athletic leadership, AD, will help him build a great staff around him, I believe the Arkansas program can be a perennial, like I said, 625, 675 winning percentage and hit 700, 
725, occasionally up even 750, and can have some good years. Listen, if you know Ken Hatfield, uh, and this was back in the Southwestern Conference, this what SEC days. Let's go back to SEC days. Okay, let's start with the SEC. So if you go SEC only, so you had Bobby Bobby Petrino at six uh, sixty-seven. You had Brett Bielema at four sixty-eight. So what is that? Uh, that's a thousand. That's eleven hundred. You had Char- uh, Chad Marshall one eighty-two. Uh, that's thirteen because it's one. So that's thirteen hundred. And then you have uh, Sam Pittman at five. So you're at what eighteen hundred for uh let's see in twenty in sixteen with Houston Nuts, so you're at twenty four hundred total for one, two, three, four, uh five coaches. Twenty four is what? Uh five twenty five, five thirty. So in the SEC, uh and these are these are not exact numbers, but they're pretty close. In the since you've been in the SEC, Arkansas, you've had a winning percentage. Not in the SEC, but overall. So your overall winning percentage since you joined the SEC overall has been about five thirty, five fifty. You know where you are right now with Sam Pittman, five twenty eight. Uh, since you joined the SEC, your SEC winning percentage has been let's say five twenty five. Uh, that's a thousand. Uh, that's uh, twelve. That's thirteen hundred. Uh, that's sixteen. Let's call it seventeen hundred. Uh, seventeen hundred divided by five. You're at uh, three fifty. You're at three fifty. 360, 350, 360 winning percentage in the SEC since you joined the SEC. You know what your winning percentage is with Sam Pittman? Three eighty five. And so, you know, really when you condense this down to when Arkansas entered the SEC, you're almost identical to where you've been. Uh, that's with Houston Nutt. That's with Bobby Petrino. That's with Brett Bielema. Uh, you like Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, the players like Sam Pittman. The players love Sam Pittman. Look, and I happen to know right now, uh, I have a uh, my my brother's, uh, my my brother's um, uh, grandson, so it'd be my great nephew. But it's it's my it's my my brother's uh, grandson is a top. He's at IMG right now in Florida. He's a top linebacker prospect for the whole nation. He went to he went to Arkansas, and he loves Sam Pittman. He would love to play for Sam Pittman. Not saying that he will, but he was absolutely enthralled by Sam Pittman. This is a good kid. He is a, you know, he's going to be a top 300 prospect, uh, one of the top probably, I don't know, uh, linebacker prospects in the nation. Uh, and he absolutely loves, uh, he absolutely loves Sam Pittman. And so I, I think you're right where uh, you need to be. You just need to get better. You need to let him recruit a little more. He's only recruited three years. Let him recruit another couple of years. Uh, let him get better staff members, uh, better coordinators, and I think uh, the future is is really really bright. Uh, I was looking at a team the other day uh, that gave their coach, and I can't, I can't remember for the life of me now. But I was I was thinking about it. And I thought, you know, 
boy, he was on the hot seat for a while, and and the, and everybody just tapped down that talk, and they kept him, and man, he he turned it around and doing really well. Let, let me give you an example: is when uh, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. It was like, oh, finally, we got a, a young coach, African uh, black guy, so he can relate to more players. Uh, really sharp, you know, sharp looking, sharp family, uh, really articulate. Uh, man, you know, this is great. Well, look how it's working out for you. It's not. Uh, and and I, I think they probably went, they lose four or five ball games this year, uh, at least four, including this weekend. I think they'll lose to USC. So with all that being said, I think Arkansas needs to take a step back, take a deep breath, realize that you are, you've been averaging a total winning percentage of 560 and some change uh, for the uh, years that you've been in the SEC overall, and you're at 530 right now. You've been averaging a 350 uh, or 370, 380 winning percentage in the SEC over the last five coaches since you joined the SEC, uh, and you're at 385 right now. So you are right where you have been, and I think if you'll give Sam Pittman the time that he needs, I think great things will happen. Hey, thank you for joining tonight. Thank you for being a part of Red Pill Plus. Uh, we just appreciate each and every one of you so much. Don't forget, if your dream is to publish a book, maybe you just want to publish an e-book. Maybe you've got a life story. Maybe you've got a cookbook. Uh, maybe you've got a collection of poems or whatever. And you've always wanted to put out a book. If you're a pastor and maybe you want to move uh, our uh, condense or, or convert is the word I was looking for there. Convert your sermons uh, to a book. Uh, PurposeMediaPublishing.com PurposeMediaPublishing.com they got a sale going on right now uh, normally $19.95 to do a complete book package. I mean that's everything you need including helping you write it uh, and they'll do everything and publish your ebook and then have your uh, your paperback book ready to go uh, and you just order the copies and it'll be it'll be uh, rocking and rolling beautiful covers inside out uh, your ISBN number your barcode everything you need 1995 but here's the great part about this is uh, we offer financing and so you can pay $100 down pay $100 a month for 19 months uh, because we want to get you published I'm a part owner of this company it's called PurposeMediaPublishing.com we also in that package we give you a author landing page so people can order right from the PurposeMediaPublishing.com website they'll just go to PurposeMediaPublishing.com slash uh, and your name is the author all your books will pull up right there and they can order right from uh, your website which will be a landing page on our website uh, and that comes with uh, your uh, your your publishing package and we would love to we would love to you can hit me up at Donnie Copeland on Twitter or hit me up uh, at Donnie Copeland on Facebook or you can go to purpose media publishing.com fill out the form and we'll get back with you and get you published had a young lady last week reached out to us october the 6th uh, we signed the contract 
and uh, by Friday her book will be published. So you can be published that quick. Thank you to Red Pill, uh, to all the Red Pill Nation, all you pill heads. Thank you for being uh, there. Don't forget, go to bonfire.com slash Plus and check out our t-shirt shop. Uh, also, thank you to redriverauto.com. Thank you to mypillow.com. Don't forget to use the promo code RED. Uh, thank you to Ridge.com, uh, and then also Sign Easy, a uh, great way to send contracts and sign them uh, with eDocs with SignEasy.com. Uh, and you can go to Twitter at uh, Get Sign Easy, at Get Sign Easy. And so thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Listening to the Red Pill Plus podcast. Sports Plus news done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus, and check the website at docwashburn.com/redpill.